0: Welcome back to Incremental, the continuous improvement podcast. I'm Devin Bedoni. And I'm Uriel Eisen. And this is our episode where we're going to go over shop improvement specifically more in depth.
1: Yeah. So we have changed our format a little bit to do two episodes per week. Um, and the goal there is to give a little bit more space in talking about our shop improvements and our weekly improvements or daily improvements um, from the week, um, give a little bit more space to talk about what we noticed that led to the improvement and then kind of the the uh, how we came to the particular improvement and just a little bit more of the process because the individual improvements um, to anyone else are really a lot less interesting mm-hmm. than the reasoning behind it. And yeah. so what we were finding is in our previous format. Um, it was just really hard to fit it all in, in a way that, and what the result was basically that we were essentially rattling off improvements. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> pew, 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 Yeah.
1: And I think it's important to, uh, bring people along for that journey and like to see, I, I think it's really helpful to see because it's like, it doesn't happen all at once. And there are just little changes that you can make every day
0: it's pretty key because yeah like i'm looking at one that i wrote down here and i'm like that's it was literally a five minute thing yeah in and of itself it's kind of like whatever explaining kind of the the deeper issue you know and what we're trying to solve it starts to make a little more sense
1: yeah and as we've talked about it's become a bit of a theme but the only things we do in the day are really small actions yeah and so the only things we can really improve uh are kind of often small, seemingly, yeah. but the net effect <laughs> is big,
0: yeah uh one big one that we did, so we as discussed, use Airtable to manage our jobs mm-hmm. um the way it's set up right now, it has the capacity to attach photos of setups mm-hmm. or photos of anything really yeah um and as they say, photos pictures worth a thousand words um and I've had difficulty making my um, my setup descriptions when I'm setting up a job or you know handing off a job to be set up to be fully um, explicit about every little detail. It's kind of amazing how many little details there ends up actually being, right? When it's not standardized. Um, so anyway, it has the ability to attach a photo. I was finding that I wasn't doing it. Like once the setup was complete, I wasn't taking a photograph because the app on the phone is a little bit awkward to use mm-hmm. and making sure you're like at the right record. record in Airtable, a record is like a, a unit of information. Um, right record, right job, right place. And then to actually upload sometimes took a little while and so mm-hmm. you're like staying there with your phone. Like, is this done? Um, <clears throat> interesting. so the other morning I was working at my computer and just noticed there's a webcam on my, my laptop, you know, screen. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I can just auto do that. Oh, nice. So I just tried it and took a photo of myself, but through the app, it was very easy and fast. Oh, nice. Um, and so when I got to work, there was a web webcam on our 3d printer, mm-hmm. um, that we weren't using. And so I just pulled it off and stuck it on one of the Uh machine station computers and tested it. Same super smooth, super easy. Um, And so I bought webcams for all of the machine computers. It was very cheap. Yeah. Um, So now when we do a setup and I'm working on an SOP for when we go go from our yellow to green uh, indicator on the machine to say, this is ready to run. Yeah. One of the, things is going to be taking a photograph of the setup with, that's awesome with unfinished parts in it. So like raw stock yep. and then with finished parts. So beginning and end of cycle okay, basically. Um, <clears throat> and we thought we would also maybe start doing photos of any oddball tooling that gets used. Um, So like if there's some, str- like we have some weird like reduced neck extra reach sure. mills that we use You know, once every five months Mm -hmm. or something, just as a memory aid for um, for whoever's doing the setup. So that was, I feel like, a huge win and is really going to decrease the friction. Now the issue is that in our job setups, all of the um, attachments are there's like one dump for any attachment to a job. So it's like um, that includes G code, that includes um it doesn't include the print is separate but like basically photographs gotcha. g-code all yeah. that stuff just gets mixed into this like right. mishmash so we need to separate out and have a different hmm. different spot for setup photos specifically which is actually now that i'm saying it would take me five minutes so i should oh, nice. just do that
1: yeah uh so this is sort of analogous to <laughs> uh well in saying that you you popped two peas right into the mic and it, oh, <laughs> you hear it. And I was sort of wondering, should I have interrupted you like production to <laughs> fix the problem and order a pop? Uh, what's it called? Pop filter? Oh, yeah. Because I have one. You don't. Uh-huh. And just like in the shop, it's like, do you interrupt? And do we <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: do it immediately? Do we stop recording, order it and then go back to recording? <laughs> Probably not. But this has to get logged to improve our quality. Yeah. I'm going to write it up here. Okay. Someone wrote in asking, like, it would be cool to see a new process be improved. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is that, right? <laughs> it's like noting when there's an issue and actually addressing the issue and not just, I don't know. In real time. In real time. But then it gets really disruptive. It is. Yeah. Yeah oh actually, like if i had interrupted your thought there i was worried you wouldn't be able to sort of jump back in and complete it uh-huh i mean not that you wouldn't be able to but it just seemed
0: my friend annoying. uh han who you've mm-hmm. met uh, had this really cool idea for dealing with interruptions okay um, and he said i'm not sure specifically how they do it in his shop but they have a a hat they call the dunce hat and you put it on when you're doing a setup and that means don't interrupt me uh-huh i then, like that and then you can take it off obviously and be like okay it's, now it's for time to interrupt but i think i like that i think on the business of machining they talked this
1: may be a going back a little while about a vest uh-huh. that they saw at like another shop i'm forgetting the name of the shop okay i like the hat more a you know, vest seems a little annoying to get in and out of
0: yeah I mean, yeah but yes yeah. You might need to each have your own hat. The idea is the same. The idea is the same. I mean, it can be many different things, mm-hmm. um, but I—that's something I want to implement because don't interrupt me, hat. Yeah, I, like what I they call it the
1: dunce hat. That's I, nice because <laughs> it suggests. I think what's nice about it is it's not sort of elevating yourself as like I'm too important to be interrupted. It's like I'm too <laughs> dumb to be interrupted. Which is a,
0: yeah. I, I definitely defer to letting them the employees interrupt whenever they need to, because I want to keep them right. I want to make sure they have what they need. Uh, But yeah, it can be very, can be problematic.
1: I think it's problematic for two reasons. One is just the immediate, like losing your train of thought and maybe forgetting to do something that is critical. needed to happen. The other is that I think you are modeling what is expected. Uh huh to some degree, right? And like it would be really good for everyone to see that it's totally okay to be like don't interrupt me now. <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. And then lastly, we sort of talked about this on the episode <laughs> <laughs> from Wednesday. Um this is Friday. Yeah. Uh and yeah, uh of being um of sort of logging information issues, like information mm-hmm management issues of having to ask each other questions in general. Yeah. I worked at a company, uh, Final Frontier Design, designing spacesuits. Oh, yeah. I think I've spoken about this before, but their work environment was so awesome. People would mm-hmm. come in in the morning I and mean, it was very friendly, yeah. very nice, but like, it would be dead silent till lunch, not out of any sort of enforcement, but because everyone was like so engrossed in their work. Wow. Which was actually it was really cool um i haven't been anywhere like that um yeah. and i think one of the things that they did well which actually now that i'm saying this i need to do better is if i had a question and i walked into one of their offices it i'd normally stand there for two to three minutes while they sort of completed what they were currently doing uh-huh. and the result was after doing that a few times i realized it wasn't actually that useful so i'd start just writing down the issues i was having obviously if it was something that I couldn't Chronicle. move forward without Yeah, I'd walk over, but it sort of reduced how much I did that because I think what I do in my shop is I am very friendly when someone asks a question. Cause I don't want them to feel like they shouldn't ask questions. Yeah. But I think maybe that's the wrong thing because it
0: shouldn't be a. F- and it, it needs to be both. Cause you don't want to, you also don't want to. Uh, no, obviously friendly, but <laughs> no, 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 no to that. But I mean like stay asking questions is also really important cuz yes. it's like how you learn.
1: And also with some of these machines it's like please ask the question instead of just trying to push for yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it, it is critical, but I think it's just like adding some structure. Yeah. Yeah. Done that. I like it. Um I added some little bit of this is the one that was like seems very minor, but mm-hmm. um we put that um restaurant order tag yep. thing up on our job board. Um there the magnet or sorry they're not magnets the marbles because our uh our job tags are very narrow sometimes they would just fall out if there was only one
1: uh ah, okay so i add,
0: i just like folded up a ton of paper and taped it up inside there so that there's less room Huh. And so now when there's a single tag, cause sometimes we pull one to put on stock, we pull another mm-hmm. to put on a tray, we pull another and there's just one left and it mm-hmm. just doesn't have enough force to like, now we just end up falling out. We'd have to go digging back behind That's our like drill indexes to find fun. the ones that were gone. So I just like added all this material there and now it stays. That's very nice. Yeah. And that took you. oh, eight minutes or something. Eight minutes. Probably could then... have been faster now that I think about other ways I could have done it, but. But that's let's just say it. eight minutes.
1: Basically free supplies. Yeah. And then you're saving how how frequently would that happen? Like once a week?
0: No, like every other day. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a big improvement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mostly it was just the annoyance of like having, well, it's also time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> digging around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super frustrating. It, right? And like maybe not the annoyance so much as that it might like uh, disincentivize you from actually like doing the thing that needs to be done with the tag because you can't find it. And you're like, Oh, maybe I need to print another one. And occasionally they would get completely lost because they would go behind our tool cabinet, which uh-huh. can't move right. without a, a pallet stack or a pallet jack. I just saying. Yeah. Nice. Um We, well, not we quorum. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything besides print the magnetic bases. Um, got the indicator lights up on our brother machines very cool which is awesome um, I had mentioned a couple episodes ago that you could use cat 5 wire mm-hmm. don't use cat 5 wire <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay
0: uh, it's it's solid it's not stranded uh-huh <clears throat> it's very brittle makes sense So we tried it and they all broke oh. uh, like at the terminations to the yeah. connections like during like install Wow um I think cat six is stranded or maybe you can get it stranded uh but what i ordered was um blanking on exactly what it was called it was from automation direct i think it was like Hmm. 24 volt communications cable or something but it was nicer stuff strand it was five five conductor which i think is what we needed actually i think we only needed four conductor but i got five um and it's yeah they're great it's like really cool um basically when you turn the machine on um or you hit reset everything's blank okay um when it's running a program it's green Mm -hmm. when it hits an m30 it's yellow okay and then it holds yellow until you start it again or hit reset and if there's an alarm it's red oh nice um and the cool thing is actually on the r450 i wasn't quite sure how i was going to handle this when it's running a program it's green when the palette is finished but not reloaded, it's green and yellow. Oh, so you can know that you need to to re- reload the outside palette. Okay, and then when you hit that as a go, then it's just green again.
1: So sorry if it's if it's running a program, yeah. but you haven't yet reloaded the, the next palette. one. It will add a
0: yellow light. It adds a yellow. That's very nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We did not get the lathe one installed yet because the lathe has been really busy and so just
1: um what did you notice that led you to
0: get those lights um or what problems were you seeing just that uh everybody in the shop when it was really busy and all machines were running we weren't noticing when a machine had stopped
1: Okay, so you would have downtime, yeah, and now you're you are noticing more.
0: Uh, I've only been back really for a day with it, but okay. I think it's a qu- much faster check, right? You just
1: glance around the room,
0: yeah. And there was, you know, you can see the the cycle start lights, but okay. not from everywhere in the room. Sometimes they're blocked by uh, a, a random little thing, um,
1: and on the R four fifty, that's probably
0: not an indicator. Uh, the it has a separate start button oh, nice. for the for the palette okay. like palette ready button mm-hmm. and that is green or blank um depending on what its state is okay um but yeah same <clears throat> it's hard to see nice so I think it's gonna be better um it's just a lot easier to just do a quick glance while you're doing something else and not have to stop what you're doing and actually walk around that's cool yeah I think it'll be good uh should i keep brennan or we do a couple of yours oh i'll I'll
1: throw in a couple um so we had a an issue with our cam the 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 jaws the vice jaws that hold our cam yeah the, the the we throw the word around the CAM word around quite a bit. The little flippy doodle, yeah, but not computer aided machining. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the physical product we make, um, one of the parts was getting deformed in Opt 2, so it was getting crushed a little bit, and so then the the it, the buckle was sort of binding up, um, which was was pretty bad, um, and so. Uh, It's, this is a whole thing uh, of how to kind of manage. So this is a quality reject. So then it's sort of like, okay, we should fix it and make sure it never happens again. Right. Mm -hmm. In the TPS, it's sort of like stop everything and make sure it never happens ever again. Yeah. Um, And previously we'd had this issue and I basically just machined new jaws with the same inherent problem. Yeah. And the inherent problem is basically the part geometry that gets clamped is so small that the PSI. I think exceeds the maximum PSI of the aluminum. And so over time, of the, the, jaw. the jaw deforms yeah. a little bit every time we clamp it. And after a few thousand parts, yeah. it's deformed enough to no longer support the part properly. Yeah. Um, so I did a redesign. Um, the result was we were down for about a day and a half not producing parts. Um, and it was a bad move uh it solved the problem it's uh-huh. much better now i'm glad i did it but in thinking about it i think a redesign has inherent risk right i didn't know that it would work i had a, a pretty good hunch that i had a better approach that i could machine the approach well and all that sure um but i think all of our so right now our our soft jaws are not con bond in any way uh-huh. and we don't have a real hard, well-developed system for how those parts get remade. And they do have to get remade and they can get damaged. Like if you clamp down on parts with chips in there or something, like
0: sometimes you just have to remake the soft jaws. Are you talking about for the blanks or for the specific soft jaws per part? Any of it.
1: Maybe both. Maybe we definitely have some blanks that are sawn and a very well-documented program that makes a new set of soft jaws, right? Just like as you reduce, and this is talked about a lot in all these books, but as you reduce inventory, you need production stability, right? You need to have a very reliable process that will produce good parts when you need them, because mm-hmm. you're inherently, you're decreasing your buffers, right? Yeah. You're decreasing like, oh, we had an issue on this machine. You're decreasing your downtime. And so like, there's some uh, pretty well laid out math. I think it's in, I forget if it's the Toyota Way. I'm forgetting which book it was. I don't think it was that one. Anyway, um, on what happens if people try to achieve single piece flow without any of the prerequisites. Oh, yeah. Which is a massive downtime. Yeah. It's, right. like, it's yeah. catastrophic. Yeah. You basically go from like, I forget, like 85% uptime or 90% uptime to like 90% downtime. Yeah. <laughs> until you have, and this is where like preventative maintenance comes in. Like you need to know that the system you've built mm-hmm. delivers parts. And right now, if our soft jaws go out of spec, what I should have done is, it immediately triggers machining new ones. Mm. And we have a proven out process and a proven out you know, program that makes our current soft jaws. And I should not have taken that as an opportunity to do a redesign. Um, but you should have done it in I should. I think I should have done it once I, yeah. I think that should have been essentially an improvement Put into the improvement part of the day, uh-huh. not into the production part of the day.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I think I don't know exactly how to think about it. The flip side is the reality is I'm just not a robot. And so sometimes like lighting a fire under your ass is like, <laughs> which isn't a good answer. But like, do you know what I mean? It's like, I think it's a symptom of being small and scrappy. A little to, bit. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's just like, like disorganized. Like w- there's well, so many demands on your time yeah. that it's like. It's you need g- it to be urgent.
0: It's great to be like, we should do this and we should also do this in tandem. It's also good to recognize your limitations on labor and be like, I literally only have time for one. So I'm going to do the one that in the long run will be superior. Yeah. It's good. To, that's, I an, think,
1: that, that, that's casting a nicer light on it. <laughs> well,
0: I think it's, yeah. it's good to notate this and be like, this is how, this is not how we should proceed in the future. Yeah. Uh, having said that it probably was the right choice for you right now yeah
1: maybe i think i have bad habits because i'm used to working alone uh-huh. and so it's like it's all my time uh-huh. and so if it's my time doing D versus my time on assembly what's the difference but now if like a bunch of people show up to the shop expecting <laughs> there to be work to do yeah and there just isn't because i made some weird decision yesterday <laughs> to like change how we're gonna make parts instead of doing that change offline. So yeah, that was sort of, I, I, I don't have a specific improvement. I mean, I guess the specific improvement is now the jaws to make that part are way better. Mm. So I think it will eliminate this issue from happening again. Um, so that's very exciting because it's a very uh, insidious quality control issue because you can't, sometimes it only happens after like 30 reps. And so like, if you just check the product, uh-huh. like click it once, you won't find it oh interesting yeah now that we've gotten more attuned to it we there's a slight difference in drag i think what's happening is like galling essentially and that just like yeah there's a runaway yeah (laughs) train once it starts (laughs)
0: um
1: yeah so that was that was uh that was a whole thing um my brother was in town alicia uh he did a paint audit which was really fun. Um, so basically, watched me paint and wrote out like a page and a half of notes of issues. It's amazing that you have a brother that's into that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, I'm like, Damn, oh yeah, that's no, so lucky. Tons of fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, my brother so- would rather stab himself. In the eye. <laughs> <laughs> I have another brother who yeah probably falls into that. Um, yeah, so um, it was pretty cool because i don't know just new eyes you know yeah um and came up with a lot of really cool ideas he's also uh not really familiar with painting Uh which is sort of an advantage because to me there's some stuff that that is how you do it right and was like why are you doing it this way and i was like well i know the answer but yeah let me think on that pretty hard one uh maybe the most fun one just because it's out of the box and um Definitely, like just spatial rearrangement of the different parts, because like I was walking past the oven every time to my mix station, uh-huh. but I only put parts in the oven at the end. But I mix, I mix paint four times in that cycle, so like yeah, those need to be switched. A fun one was um, right now I put a cup on the scale because we mix by weight, yeah, and then I move it to the mixing. Uh, there's like a magnetic mixer uh-huh. that we use. Um, so he recommended putting the magnetic mixer on the scale. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So now we don't have to move that back and forth, which is nice. Um, yeah, just, uh, so that was, that was really fun. Uh, it's making me think like we talked about this a while ago, but just visiting each other's shops and just like standing there and yeah. doing it. I, I think there's like huge value in it. Yeah. And I haven't addressed all, like it's a page and a half of, so, but we'll get there and it's yeah. nice
0: to kind of be able to go to it and just look at the big ones. Yeah. It is funny when you can do like stacking the 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 mixer on top of the scale and yeah. you're like I just made a much more expensive piece of equipment by, by stacking a piece <laughs> of equipment on another piece of That's equipment. That's
1: true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Um Oh, this is a funny one. Back to the sort of in line with redesigning the fixture. Yeah. In like in production time Mm -hmm. um i was noticing that i was blowing off the parts before painting them yeah immediately before painting them like i'd pick up a part and i'd see a speck on it and so i'd blow it off right and so i'd sort of just an air gun actually i've been using the paint gun just half trigger pull lets airflow oh um and it's less air than a full-on air gun and so it doesn't reorient the parts which is nice oh So, I was like, well, the person racking the parts if I'm blowing them off anyway, again, right before paint, the person racking the parts shouldn't be blowing them off. So we eliminated a whole blow off. So hmm. before uh the person racking the parts would then blow them off before hanging them up yeah. in the sort of ready to paint position. Um so we eliminated that. So that then you just, you just blow them all off in station. Yes. Uh-huh which seemed great. <laughs> then, uh, out of the next batch, out of 64 <laughs> parts we painted, uh, 62 were rejects. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so um, we are now back to blowing them off twice. Uh, <laughs> that was an expensive lesson. Um, and it's sort of reinforcing this idea of running small tests uh-huh. and learning about ideas. Yeah. Um, and before just rolling them out as the new standard. Mm-hmm. And I think, anyway, we have a lot of examples of that. Like we were talking about moving to a uh, lower quantity Kanban, yeah, right? Like sort of applying that to one part, just seeing how it works with one part, instead of being like, there's this temptation to just be like, all right, wait, like a new shiny system, let's do this, yeah, the full sand. Awesome. Yeah, and it takes some like, I don't know if it's humility, just like, I don't know, like learning that you're dumb, <laughs> kind of. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's not you're dumb. It's just like, I think you're over, or I anyway, overestimate my ability to predict the future, basically.
0: Um, I think that's part of it. I think there's also just the, uh, well, for myself anyway, I think there's always in the back of my head the just the very, clear knowledge of how how dear time is Mm -hmm. and not not wanting to do it twice right you're like all right we'll just let's just get it it done let's just yeah um which as we just discussed not not the way to go
1: yeah especially as you're moving in this direction i think it becomes more and more critical that things function yeah and so to throw a huge wild card in there of like totally new untested system rolled out company-wide is is pretty bold um There's this idea of like phases of learning or phases of knowing, which is like going from unconsciously incompetent to consciously incompetent to unconsciously competent to consciously competent. Interesting. Sort of uh, the the year, you know, four years of college or whatever, you can (laughs) hope that those are the phases you move through. Uh Debatable, but. yeah and so I think the problem is often there's just like you don't know what you don't know, and so you're solving all these problems of a thing you're intimately familiar with, but moving into a space that you're now yeah and and you real like often you become consciously incompetent is yeah. the problem, <laughs> and it's a problem when you've just spent a bunch of time implementing it in yeah. a really critical function.
0: This is a little bit of a tangent, but I've been working on our new house mm-hmm. on this foundation um and it's just like very interesting to be doing something I, I i guess i'm just realizing that i've gotten kind of used to being pretty competent in the things i do on a daily uh-huh. basis okay and moving into something where i'm like capable but not really like not an expert by any stretch uh-huh And just being like, wow, this is hard. I'm really not good at this. Someone else would be doing this so much faster uh, is interesting. That is interesting.
1: It makes me wonder if like I've noticed as I get older, a more willingness to pay someone else to do stuff for me. Mm -hmm. And I think there is an aspect of my time becoming more scarce. But I wonder if there's also an aspect of me having a deeper knowledge Deeper level of comp- competence in something. Uh-huh. And so I can see how much better someone else would be. <laughs> it's put into relief. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Maybe like when you're young, you're kind of not great at anything. So it's like, yeah, it's how much, be- how much, how much better <laughs> could someone else be?
0: I don't know. Maybe it's true. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's humbling. Um, we also updated a gripper program. Uh, it's a repeat job. And while I was gone, there was a significant crash that mm. destroyed the fingers and the jaw, the vice jaws, gripper wow. fingers and vice jaws. Um, we had been talking about re remaking them for a while because they were getting worn. The fingers, the vice jaws. Okay, gotcha. uh, well, both actually, uh-huh. they were getting worn. We we're having little like adjustment issues. Okay. Um. Anyway, so. We had to do sort of a full a full redo. And because we'd switched gripper finger blank styles. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't have any of the old style anymore. We decided to jump to using 3D printed mm-hmm. fingers, which so far was pretty cool. But there have been some weird things where occasionally they just kind of seem to hang on to a part.
1: Do you think they're getting gummy? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Like uh, with your coolant? i should double check huh i think they're still in the machine um that or it might be like a burr on the part sticking into the oh true right i'm not exactly sure what the issue is something i've been thinking about unless you want to oh um
1: very much related yeah go for it um 3d printing i've done it with a few other designs like i don't know if you remember that material hopper i sort of prototyped that had inserted steel pins. Yeah, I've been thinking about basically making small reliefs, reliefs in the gripper fingers. Uh huh. So that, like a you know, an eighth inch hardened pin gets inserted. Oh. And just a tiny amount of the pin is the thing that's hitting the part. Oh, that's a cool idea. Because I feel like it would be the beauty of three D printing is just how hands off it is. Yeah. Right. And so if you can do a little bit of post work that is not. Setup like if we have a standard length pin from McMaster, yeah, that that just gets pressed fit in, and we work out the clearances for that to be a nice press fit. I just feel like it could be really quick, uh huh. Way
0: of hardening the faces, yeah, um, I like that. I
1: another- wouldn't
0: work with this particular finger because it's a stepped finger for three different parts, but yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, um another nice trick that i'll mention for 3d printing that's been working great is uh 3d printing in um holes for screws and the screws are just to reinforce in directions we want more strength oh and, so and you actually just, like tapping just, them no i just drive in a wood screw oh like i just yeah put in like a three-inch wood screw <laughs> and i even like 3d print in the countersink for the head so it's all sunk uh-huh and then you just drive it in like for thin cross-section areas that your word are gonna snap or have snapped yeah you can just yeah it's just like super quick interesting kind of fun yeah that's very cool yeah yeah you don't even have to tap it yeah you just drive right in done yeah <laughs> um I love it um, it no longer works as a mechanical fuse.
0: <laughs> right. <So. laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. This morning I was wondering, so I've been printing the fingers basically as like a big wedge shape. So they're widest where they attach to the mm-hmm. to the gripper and then they narrow down to the touch. Okay. Um, and I wondered about actually like relieving a big oval in the middle. For compliance or just to give it weak? Yeah, more for the latter, but okay. maybe for compliance. I don't know uh all squish th- yeah i i'm not sure what it it just seems that like makes there's sense. a lot of potential there well actually no the The original thought i had was to speed up the print oh um, yeah
1: yeah sometimes i find that adding like cutaways because now you're 3d like often if you look at the parameters it's like yeah. three boundary layers and then like 15 uh-huh. percent infill yeah it's, it doesn't end up working it doesn't out. often end up saving time especially on small parts interesting but
0: huh yeah um so we were having issues with well so what happened we made we remade the fingers and the jaws mm-hmm. uh, we printed the fingers recut the jaws we also ended up having to do re-tram our rotary and some other stuff anyway okay don't want to talk about that yeah that's painful <laughs> damn uh everything was fine in the end um so then we were the there are these like cylindrical parts they're about 0.2 inch diameter. Okay, probably like oh I don't know five inch five eighths okay long, and so they drop into this little cavity in the jaw, uh, and we were having an issue with them just kind of like jamming. Like hmm. I think because of the diameter to length ratio, they weren't falling all the way to the bottom. Yeah, so they just kind of like cock and sit, and then the vice would close, and then it would cut these parts like way too short. Damn. and out of a batch of. I think it's 64. The first run had 27 rejects. Ouch. Yeah. It Better than to- my pain, but still bad. <laughs> we used to get like, uh, so before this was happening sometimes and we got uh-huh. a handful. Gotcha. Still higher than what we wanted, but it was kind of like tolerable until. I, I know the feeling. Yeah. Until no, it's not. Not good, but we were tolerating it. But 20, 27 <laughs> out of 64 <laughs> yeah, is is really bad. Um, so I just did a little trick, which I've done a couple times for different parts where I retracted the thing, the gripper, mm-hmm. the spindle, and then just made the vice rock back and forth on the rotary. Um, just and it, a little jiggle, just a little jiggle. And it works amazingly well to get the, that's awesome. The part to seat after that we had, you have I, an M code to turn off the brake.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I did that once and had the break going, and I was like,
0: that is painful. <laughs> yeah. No, without the break, it's just like chick, 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 chick and it's oh, done. Very nice. Um, so after that, we had a couple that... Are you
1: hearing a little static? Yeah. Oh, I think it might oh, be a fun
0: Oh, interference. We had a few... So this, for whatever reason, some of them weren't letting go of the gripper fingers. So we okay. had a few that didn't go into the vice at all mm-hmm. and just fell off like two or three and per in the ride. chip
1: pound, basically.
0: Yeah. But then of the ones that did get cut, we'd had zero rejects. Oh, nice. So that was cool. And the ones So next that is just out, dealing with the rejects.
1: What's that? Now it's just a ma- matter of dealing with why those parts aren't getting loaded. Yeah. And they're getting hung up in the f- gripper fingers? It appears that way.
0: Huh. And I only saw it happen like once or twice. Like if actually it visually. is a burr,
1: I wonder if you could add relief and 3D print new jaws so that there just wasn't material for the burr to press
0: into. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. That would make sense maybe yeah um i ordered a freddy ah <laughs> it's very nice spending money spending yeah. money the, the easiest improvements to make <laughs> yeah um
1: i'm jealous i i have a quote in my inbox and i keep feeling like eh, i have one machine you have
0: four machines four
1: yeah <laughs> yeah feels it's
0: anyway a, it's a thing we that's were, awesome we were having a lot of uh Uh, taper wash filter alarms they're they're clogging like regularly Ah. and the sumps were just filling up and then we've been doing we're busier than we've ever been Uh uh, by a decent margin Mm -hmm. Um, and we run that blazer 735 Mm -hmm. clear coolant and i've been noticing like this like little gray film inside the machine which i think is just like aluminum dust that's in the coolant interesting I don't think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Go out on a limb here and say. <laughs> so, you know, every for every for the sake of everyone's happiness, for the sake of the machines, uh, I finally went ahead and did it. Very cool. Um, been talking about it for years and seemed like it was finally time. And I think it'll be a, actually a huge improvement.
1: I have to say. The back of our machine needs to be cleaned. And I've been putting it off for about three weeks. Because it just is so unpleasant. It's very you're like covered in coolant and little chips and then they like fall in your shoes and then you're picking them out of your socks. (laughs) It's like really not fun. It's not fun.
0: Yeah. And, you know, if you if you clean out the sump without one of these, you end up losing a lot of coolant. Mm. Which whatever, coolant's like I don't care about the cost so much, but then it's you end up with a bunch of coolant mixed with chips that you have to do something with. Interesting. And, you know, the scrap yard doesn't like it when a bunch of coolant comes out with your chips. (laughs) Totally. They're pretty unhappy. Because they pay you by the pound. uh, They pay you by the pound. They also just, all of a sudden, there's a bunch of coolant spilled everywhere. Oh, yeah. Not ideal. Right. Um, So that seems like almost the bigger issue is just like making sure your chips that do come out of the sump, which are often very fine if they've fallen through the screen um are dry and if like they take a long time to drain out it's kind of like sand like there's so much surface area right has been my experience
1: and in a freddy it deals with that
0: it's got the like the filter bag and the chip pan so i think you can suck it in there and then like let them sit and drain overnight gotcha yeah okay well and it's also just pulling i guess it's pulling air through it yeah so i think it does a bit well we'll see we'll see what it does yeah um I'm pretty excited about that. That jogged my memory actually on something we didn't quite touch on last episode, but is I've really been noticing how much time we waste cleaning out machines. Hmm. And it's one of those things that I've kind of taken for granted forever. It's just be like, it's important to clean your machines. Like,
1: um, Do you mean like spraying out the inside of the cabinet? Yeah. or? Okay.
0: Right. And with the R450, it's very notable. There's so many little nooks and crannies that catch chips. Interesting. And there's two tables with this wall that catches <laughs> chips, and the inside just doesn't. I mean, it it does like does a decent job flushing. Like it doesn't not flush to a point where it causes a problem with uh-huh. running. Okay. But there is a lot of chips in there that sort of need to be dealt with, and um, it's kind of striking to me how few myself included how few people take the time to run specialized washdown lines to specific points yeah um and so i think that's pretty high on my list for the next short while is to really update the flushing inside of our machines so Mm -hmm. that that's less of a thing like ideally day ends i mean you run after people leave right we the day at this the day ends approaches you know we stop we clean out the machines and that's kind of like easily a half hour probably per day that ouch that we could be making parts and instead we're cleaning machines seems kind of ridiculous so i think i just need to order a bunch of fittings and pipe and lock line and start making some specialized like targeted hoses
1: i know um i think saunders was 3d printing some little wedges and stuff yeah to
0: just I, i don't know if that's I don't think those are the kind of issues we're having. Okay, like they're not stuck to like the all the sidewalls and the sidewalls. There's a couple spots where, like on the R450, the X axis is attached to the casting, Mm -hmm. um, and the way covers for it are. There's like a, maybe a half inch gap at the end of the weight cover between that and the wall. So that's all full. And it just like, yeah, just packs there. And they they have, they come with like one hose that you can either spray forward onto the weight covers or you can spray back onto the back of the cabinet, Mm -hmm. but you're kind of like choosing the lesser of two evils and whichever one isn't getting sprayed fills up. And then they have a pretty good wash down all around the bottom of the entire casting. Um, But then there's some little spots where things hang up.
1: So the issue I've had, and I'm curious to hear how you do this, because I've been thinking about a similar thing. Yeah, I've been thinking about manual valves to at least make it fast. But basically, if I run all the wash down, it just sucks my sump dry. Actually, now that I'm saying that, I think it's because I have filter paper in the
0: back, so it's not draining back in fast enough. It's probably also that you have a lot of chips in the sump taking up volume mm.
1: i have
0: found that to be a thing
1: i have filter paper in the back area yeah and so they don't really accumulate like i've checked they okay. don't really accumulate down there but it's just not flowing back it through. doesn't flow back
0: oh. through, which is so why what I do you do you have wash out. down turned off
1: no i wash down at the end of every cycle oh um for like three seconds gotcha and so that's an just a good balance Uh uh-huh and it's pretty good but i do wash it out at the end of you know or at the beginning of the day or something just to get all the chips off of
0: things um yeah yeah so anyway that's something i think needs to be tackled relatively soon yeah 30 minutes out of an eight hour day is i mean i think that's cumulative of like and sometimes you can let one machine run while you start on uh the other um that the s700s are not too bad Mm-hmm. unless we're doing a job with like a lot of removal okay um there's a few things on um, one of the machines i took out um patrick from swerve drive specialties when yeah. he was visiting uh, that little shop get together he mentioned that he'd pulled the lock line out of all of his washdowns okay so there's just holes in huh. those hoses atop um and i did that because they were clogged and then i didn't put them back in and you lose like being able to target Uh but it moves a lot more coolant Um, and so i found that to be pretty good i've only done it in one machine so far and it so like you get end up with a little more on the walls because it doesn't spray the walls quite as much okay but washes everything else less builds up in the base
1: they do make different lock line tips i wonder if it would be worth looking at some of the ones that are sort of
0: wide but more opening yeah i might do that on like a couple of the spots um nice i've also thought about air blast maybe mm. especially for the table like
1: i've heard that that can be a bad idea like uh, chip fans yeah i haven't looked under my table in the s1000 but i don't know how sealed off all the moving it's not bits are sealed at all okay yeah so I, i've heard that things can kind of blow up onto your ball screws and stuff like that and just uh-huh. cause other issues yeah um interesting uh so one piece I forgot to mention on blowing off our parts is one of our improvements was um, 3D printing a manifold to make a foot pedal blow off station. Oh, cool. Which needs a V2, but it's quite good. Mm-hmm. I put, I didn't think about the total volume of air that the number of holes I put in the manifold oh. <laughs> necessitated. And then I'm running like three eighths line to it. So oh. it's just not nearly enough volume. Um, so so the manifold is ways.
0: like... Multiple a, outlets, so you spray off the whole part in one go.
1: Yeah, it's a U shape. Uh huh. And then you sort of, it's the if you see photos of our racks on Instagram, uh, we sort of just like move them vertically, yeah, through the thing while pressing the pedal. And there's air nozzles that f- blow in straight, like yeah. in, and then there's also ones that blow slightly up and slightly down to try to get the front and backs of things as uh-huh. they move through. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's pretty good. Not enough volume, So I need to upgrade the air service to that like just thicker line running to it and then also i think decrease the number of holes do you think it's the line and not the valve it's a good question i mean it's all probably cumulative back pressure but yeah you're probably right i don't know which is the bigger factor uh-huh. um but i i it's may fix one and then <laughs> needing the other um yeah we are getting tight on time
0: yeah so i don't know if there's we can just kick these over or my last one is quick. Um, one cool thing about using uh, Airtable to manage mm-hmm. jobs is how how adjustable and adaptable it is compared to other ERP systems. Yeah. So we have our little sticker job tags, and um, it was becoming notable that there was some information on there that wasn't that was needed. M- mainly just like job quantity, okay, or part quantity. We're finding like you know, we go to saw the part, we have the tag, it says what the material is, it says what the job is and the part is, but it doesn't say how many needs. So you mm. got to go back into the computer and look up the quantity. Makes sense. So we just added a field for quantity for the tag. So now that's included. Um, and it's been cool to kind of like, just see what is the critical information we need on this little teeny traveler. Interesting. Um, Cause you don't need everything, but there is some stuff that's very key. Right. Um, so. and are
1: those those are universal at this point the, the information on each traveler is the same is the same every- going to saw stock and going to yeah okay
0: i guess we could make different ones but i mean if you don't need to that not as of yet <laughs> yeah yeah
1: better to standardize um nice the yeah. past week we've also done a lot of in our shop a lot of sops and point and calls the point and calls have become really key and really useful um you don't know what they are uh go look them up um it's kind of cool out of the japanese um railroad i want to say
0: that's you, you mentioned do it out
1: loud and both me and sam both found individually that we were doing them out loud and that it was more useful to literally be standing there talking to yourself uh-huh and pointing and calling and it's just like it just feels i don't know if you have this maybe i have a mental problem uh <laughs> I feel like sometimes in your head, like a bunch of ideas are all happening at once. Uh-huh. And so they can be jumbled or like you free- somehow it makes it more clear whether I did something or not, I uh-huh. think a little bit. And just like you come out of it with a little bit more confidence. Interesting. So, I, yep. So that's been great. And the SOPs have become really clear that we need more SOPs everywhere. Yeah. Yeah in just having more people in the shop making improvements and also just in terms of running good experiments of a standardized working method that everyone's doing the same way and then when we make updates of those get propagated
0: yeah cool right on well thank you again to everybody for listening um hit us up with questions comments suggestions
1: absolutely um you can find me at austere
0: underscore manufacturing on instagram You can find me at Lichen, L-I-C-H-E-N, underscore M-F-G on Instagram.
1: If you need parts made, (laughs) send (laughs) them an email. Talk to me. And if you need buckles
0: made, talk to Ariel. Talk to me. (laughs) Or really, actually, don't talk to him. Just place an order on his website. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, find us at IncrementalCI on Instagram. And we will see you all next week. Absolutely.